Hi, everyone. So you know what success is, right? Success is actually taking action. And I've got Brian Keith Lewis today, and he has been ranked number nine by the Wall Street Journal in sales, and he is in New York City. So sit back, get ready to be fired up, and I cannot wait to share with you all of the value bombs that Brian has to bring. Did you know that I'm a published author? My book, Sell 100 Homes a Year, it's a bestseller, and it teaches real estate agents and lenders how to actually think about doing business in the 21st century. And I want to give you your free copy. All you have to do is go to www.kristamayshore.com slash sell100. That's one zero zero. If you'd like to learn new digital marketing strategies, you've got to get this book and join the other agents and lenders whose businesses in life is being absolutely transformed. Go to www.kristamayshore.com slash sell100 to get your free digital copy today. Okay, everyone, we've got Brian Keith Lewis here, and he has got the best attitude. I'm so excited for this interview. Whether you're a real estate agent, a lender, or just an entrepreneur, which is awesome, sit back because this is not just about real estate. This is about habits of success. Brian, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. How do you have the time? I mean, you're just selling houses every single day. You know what? I, uh, we do it. You do what you want to do in life. You set your priorities and you show up and you commit to every single thing you're doing fully. And then I find you squeeze it all in. But I will admit, I'm an optimist for time. Like, I think I can squeeze in so much in one hour that I realize I, I'm not just running late. It's just I'm an optimist for time. Like, I think you can just cram it all in. And in New York, you know, there's things like travel time you've got to account for and, and this and that and the other. But I, I kind of run on it. You know, the energy of this city and the energy of our business, I, I kind of thrive on it. In one hand, you're kind of bitching about it. And then on another hand, you're really thriving on it. So uh, I think that push-pull gets me through it. So how, so you're selling a lot of, lot of you know, townhouses. How many units are you doing a year? Oh my gosh. Well, every year is a little bit different. Um, you know, we have higher price points in New York City mm-hmm. and higher payments in New York City. Uh, so you, you work hard, you get a lot. So our median price these days, it's come down a little bit, is I think the median home sale price is around $1.2 million. Maybe that's average. Maybe median is not the right word. So it's come down a little bit. It was around one three, I believe. Uh, we're in a little bit of a pricing lull in New York City right now, but we're getting it done. I mean, I've been at it since 1999, so I've learned by doing it. Like literally just day in, day out, delving deeper into it. And one thing I tell my daughters, I've got two little girls, one seven, one's eight. And they look at people who do things like a gymnast. They'll see something amazing or they're a pianist or uh, the World Cup women's team. You know, we're a pro girl in my house because two girls. Yeah. Um, and I, one thing I always drill down on them is it takes hours, right? Like Malcolm Gladwell said, it's what is it, 10,000 hours of anything can become an expert. Now, you do have to have a modicum of talent for what you do and passion, of course. But really, it's just every day becoming the best you can be. And this, I've sort of doubled and tripled down on what I do. And I never feel like I fully arrived. Now, what do you mean when you say I've doubled down? What do you mean? So explain that to people. Because you're, you know, number nine. The skills skills that I have today have been developed since 1999. And most of them have been developed because I've fallen flat on my face at some stage. 
-hmm. So I've lost the deal or the negotiation was horrible or, you know, it went well and I closed it, but I didn't get a lot of referrals from that source for whatever reason. And just always tweaking and always getting better and always thinking of what's next. Literally on the way over here, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's another way to touch that person that doesn't feel salesy, that doesn't feel typical brokery. You know, I'm always looking for that touch point where I'm, my business is a feeling for somebody where they, they leave feeling better than when they met me. Because one of my favorite quotes, and it's, it's up here, so I'm gonna refer to it and read it so none of you will see this at home. But literally it's by Maya Angelou, you know, the playwright, the poet, she, she's a great thinker. She said, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, and, but people will never forget how you, how you made, made them feel. feel. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's sales in a nutshell. Right, but that's also relationships because sometimes we F up and sometimes as a dad, you F up and sometimes as an agent, you F up or a mortgage broker or name your profession here. But it's how you ultimately make someone feel. And if you couple that with expertise and a desire to get better and a desire to own your mistake when you own it, then I think that makes you better as you go. So when I say I doubled down on my skill set, I literally like to examine every day and every deal and every moment how I could make that better. This podcast, for example, like setting this up, I'll prefer to have a camera set up in my 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 room here. Right? It looks great. But, well, thank you. Um, but I, I'm always thinking of what's the next thing for me, because otherwise I get bored. Yeah, I literally get bored. And then when you when you drill down on doubling down on what works for you and how to make it better and how to throw fertilizer on it, it makes it more fun and it makes it better for the consumer, which makes their experience better, because ultimately it should be about what makes their experience better. And when their experience is better and they're closing and they feel good and they get what they want in the way they want it, you're going to get business out of that literally it's going to work. Absolutely. So you're, you're definitely a servant. So you love to serve people, make people happy, make them feel good. It seems. Well, it's interesting you say that because when I got out of, of school, I went to a school called William and Mary in Virginia. I studied government. I studied theater and then I really had the theater. Bug. Like I really came to New York to act and I came here right out of college and I met a really amazing acting coach. Her name was Uta Hagen. And she did what you do with coaching but literally for actors and she is known around the world and she's very dead. Now I got her at the very end of her life. <laughs> um, but I learned something about that approach. Her approach was moment to moment, tell the truth, have something to add and know what you want out of the situation. Otherwise you're not serving the play. You're not serving the playwright and you're not serving the director or your fellow actors. But at the end of the day, you're really not serving yourself. So to subsidize my acting habit, I was working at the Ritz-Carlton in the Four Seasons Hotel. Talk about service. Absolutely. Oh, right? my gosh. I almost feel uncomfortable how much they'd serve you there. <laughs> Star Five Diamond service for global entities. And I literally did everything from answering the phone to carrying their bags to opening the door. I literally answered the, opened the door and carried the bags for Oprah Winfrey and Tony Robbins and 
President Carter and President Reagan when he was alive. I'm older than you are. And, uh, you know, I, all these people, movie stars, musicians, everybody who was huge sort of in the mid to late 90s, I, I carried their bags. And then quickly realized that, well, there was an actor strike and I couldn't do what I wanted to do anymore, at least officially. So I'm like, wow, I'm carrying bags and I'm 30 years old and I don't want to go to law school. So what do I want to do? And all the roads pointed to real estate. So I got into it, but that service, the moment to moment that Uta Hagen taught me, the service to others, meaning the service to the playwright in her world, but in the, in the hotel world, the service to the client, really played into what I like to do because I like when people are happy. I'm a middle child, I'm one of three boys. So I literally have the, I want everybody to get along thing. I'm the middle child too, but I'm the middle, I'm, I'm a girl, I've got brother, on both sides, brothers, okay. and I, I'm the same way. I love making people happy. I mean, for me, it's all, I want people to be happy and I want them to like what I do and to just, you know, it's, it's important well, to me. And it brings out the best in them, which in turn brings out the best in you. So it's just like flywheel of quality that just starts spinning. And it's awesome. Like literally it makes me feel good. And mm -hmm. I don't love conflict. I deal with it very well. I diffuse it and I get right to action points because there's time to feel bad. Feelings are important. They're like, they're the GPS. But at the end of the day, if I was just worried about my feelings all day long, nothing would get done. Literally nothing. So when I wake up, I try to, I, I try to hijack my own day. Like literally, I like, I have my spiritual moments. That's just me personally. I'm a very liberal Christian. That's just one of something that's not said enough. Um, but I don't espouse my faith on anybody. It's my personal journey. And it's important for me to check in with my creator, my, my world, to get in tune with it. Because when I do that and I set my agenda, how can I serve my children today? How can I serve my life today? How can I serve my clients today? How can I serve my assistant today? What can I do with a positive light behind my eyes to make this world better in a small way mm -hmm. and if i set the the gps early my whole day goes better my you're, you're in control better. of your you know Ooh. talking to you it shows that you're in control you know that you're in control of your of your day like you get what you think you know your mind's a mental roadmap to like get you exactly where you want to go and that's one thing i noticed with really successful people is that they understand that they're in control right even when they're having a bad day, they can change it instantaneously. And I love how you say that you want to know, how can I serve my assistant? How can I serve, you know, your daughters, everyone around you? That's just, that's just so powerful. Well, and I don't always uh, succeed at it, but it's the no one does. that really, because sometimes you fall flat on your face. And here's when I know I'm falling flat on my face. Um, when the feelings take over, right? Feelings are real. And I feel like there are sort of, I don't know, they're like the, you remember that game operation? Yeah. You're trying to get that little bone and you're like, okay, and you touch the edge and it goes, ah. Yeah. That's feelings like coming into it. And they can hijack us. And I know that if I'm really tired, my feelings become more exponentially uh, profound, you know? And I don't walk around feeling numb and happy. That's the opposite. But I know that I'm in charge of it. And I know that my feelings are a little bit of my GPS. Like I can go, okay, I can tweak it. It's like when you're working out and you know that you're feeling something in your shoulder or something, you know, like, okay, I put my shoulder on my body. There are little things you do. Mm -hmm. And as we 
as we double down on our skills and our life and our days, we learn, okay, I'm not gonna let that hijack me. I know what that feels like. That's yeah. Not so well, the I things, just... our feelings take over our thinking. And so sometimes we have to like get our feelings in control because your feelings can sometimes dictate what you think. And so totally. you've got to be very careful. Yeah. And then your, then your, your thinking controls, you know, your actions, right? So you feel, you think, you act. And so being cognizant of your feelings sometimes and going, oh my gosh, that's, that's not, this is, I don't like what I'm seeing today. And then being able to say, nope, I'm taking, I'm stopping this right now and really totally controlling the state that you're in and just being aware of it is huge. Totally. And one of the things that I've, I've, you know, none of the things I'm telling you are original. It's just maybe the packaging that I'm telling you little things that I've learned. If it really scares me, I do it. <laughs> Good. Like, literally because that means I'm alive. I'm not an adrenaline junkie, but well, maybe I'm a little bit like at, at age 30, I decided I wanted to be an equestrian. So I like started jumping and, and doing all this stuff. And I love that. And then kids. So <laughs> I pulled back on that a little bit. Uh, plus New York City, it's not easy to do any, any hobby in New York is tough. I just want to say that. It's just tough. So our hobby is work. We love it. Um, but I, I do think that, like, for example, tomorrow I'm going to be on national TV on a business show. I wow. Love, How'd you land I that? Love, That's great. I love doing it. I love doing that kind of stuff. I, I've always enjoyed live TV podcasts like this. I don't know if it's live, but it's, I like when the red light is on, you've got your data points in your head, but screw it, let it all out. You're talking to a human being. You can't be a robot. You know what you're talking about. It's gonna be what it is. We're creating something here together. And that comes back to that Uta Hagen training, which is moment to moment. Listen, react, know what you want, try to get it, and be kind, like in the way you get it. Maybe in the play, it's not necessary to be kind because that's not yeah. what playwright wrote. But it, I just, it all comes together in my life. And I just, it's really interesting how my passions have come together. I also do a great deal of video and I really like that. Um, it's a way for me to sort of sell the properties and, and have someone experience them in a different way. And I, I like um, People Magazine called them um, the best in, in real estate. Like that was kind of cool. But they also called one of them the weirdest, which I take great pride in. Uh, and I love that. But I, I, I like to do the things I like to do. And I, I find that serving is something that I enjoy doing. I, and that comes maybe from that old concierge vibe and the Bellman vibe and second child vibe. Who cares? If I can make it, make it feel good when I do it. And then byproduct is referrals and let's face it, money. It just, it's Great. One of my best sales that I've ever did. I was in a car. We have these shared rides, you know, like a shared Uber kind of thing. Yes. It's called Via here. And I enjoy taking them sometimes because A, it's cheaper. And if I'm not in a super rush, I get to meet somebody. I know that sounds weird, but I'm a people guy. Um, the lady gets in the car. We were just talking and she had her little dog with her and she looks very that person with a little dog in a New York City. You know, it was like, oh, you're that. And I, knew where she lived just by looking at her and I was right but we start talking and I didn't even mention real estate and we we're just talking about life and she's talking about France and as a kid I was an exchange student there and I was just sort of enjoying our conversation and I'll be damned she goes what do you do I said real estate and she said you need to meet my friend he is having the toughest time selling his apartment I said I'd love to meet your friend where does he live and she said 157 West 57 and inside I was like oh my god 
that's like one of those new towers with like i mean multi yeah you knew it was like a big payday oh i knew that but also was like i get to go to the building like i was just happy to go yeah and so she's like let me let me set this up and you know i i followed up with her i sent her a thank you note you know if nothing came of it i made a connection and she a week later said you need to go meet this guy his time has ended with his former agent and i was like great i do my prep work i know what it is have some video to show up my little pitch already we go, he has a butler answer the door, but it wasn't like, hello. It was like a, a, like a bearded Brooklyn dude, super chill. I'll walk in, probably the best view I've ever seen. 77th floor, dead on Central Park views. I made a pact with myself at that moment. I said, if nothing else, if I don't get this, I'm just gonna enjoy this. I'm really just gonna enjoy this. So we talk a little bit about five-star service and this and that, and his building, he's like, he's a self-made dude, self-made billionaire. Um, I can't tell you too much because I'm trying to protect his identity, but mm -hmm. he literally started from nothing. He was a security guard and he's now not. Yeah. Now he needs a security guard to guard his money. Uh, but he's also one of the most passionate, fun, down to earth individuals I've ever met. He became a friend in that moment. He opened a bottle of wine. He offered me a glass. Usually I would never drink in a pitch, but if he's drinking, I didn't want to make him feel weird. So I drank it and then I was like, you know what? I may never have wine this good in my life. So we're drinking the wine and that the, and then he said, look, I'm going to know in a couple of weeks what I want to do. He hired me. Um, I, I pulled him down on price. I told him where the market was. I was very honest. I didn't just buy the listing and I sold it. And it was the third biggest resale last year in New York city. And good it was for you. $32 million. Wow, just from a cab ride and just, just being from, nice to somebody. Just from a shared ride, and now she is a friend, and this and that. So you never know. I know those stories about you never know who you're going to meet, but literally, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not a big game hunter. You know, a lot of brokers are just out looking for the big game. And that's awesome if that's what they like. They're just looking for that big ticket. I literally farm. I am a kind of a boring ass farmer from Virginia. That's kind of the way I work my, my world. I'm like doing the same things in those fields, resting one, planting one, harvesting one, prepping one, you know, I'm just sort of doing my thing. And this big game walked by my field instead of like trying to kill it. I just showed my fields and my, my crops and she signed up for crops. And so I'm, I'm just exhausting this analogy, but I, I literally think of myself as a farmer. I don't chase big game. It's got to work into my system. I'm never white hot. I'm just sort of red hot forever. And that works for me. And that's the way I like to do it. $42 million. That is awesome. We don't even, like, yeah. that's, in my area, there, that doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't well, exist. <laughs> well, there are even more in New York, bigger. And that's led to some stuff. But the fact is, if you, I think a good salesperson, at least the kind I like to be, is if you open the grill, right? The grill, literally, patio grill, you will see a mixed grill. Literally, you will see like hot dogs and hamburgers and veggie pats. Who wants to eat that? Um, and then you, you see the, the Kobe beef and you see the lobster tail. That's all on the same grill. And you can't always just count on one. And in a changing market, which is what we have in New York City, if your viewers out there don't know it, we literally have had a market that's changed a bit, right? So we have dropped down uh, based on the salt. 
the tax changes and a lot of the legislation from Albany, which is our state capital, really coming after the 1% really hard. We've seen a retraction of foreign buyers. We've seen uh, it's, and we've seen an overdevelopment of a certain level of the market. So when all those come together, it makes a really sort of weird punch of like, it's just, it's hard to navigate that market and it's not as fun. And it really requires rolling your sleeves up, loosening the tie and fundamentals, real fundamentals come into play. The way so explain, the market, explain you know, what your fundamentals are. When you say fundamentals, what do fundamentals mean to you? They've never changed and they've just gotten rich. Be a farmer, not a hunter. Really know how to navigate a drought or just a downturn. Maybe the crop that you're selling isn't as valuable as it was. So you've got to know how to, how to shift and pivot. And for me, it's literally those fundamentals. I remember being a bellman. Sometimes it's Christmas. The money just comes at you. Oprah's throwing you a $100 bill. Like there are just days where you're like, ah, you just, it's coming at you. And then there are days where you've got to, you got to be a little more creative. The hotel's occupancy is down. Uh, the, the people aren't coming in. So you have to really up your service. So I feel like in a, in an economy that's changing, or at least in New York city, it has. And I hope for all of you out there, you're not going through it, but you will go through something at some stage. Absolutely. And anything that you do, uh, there are cycles, right? So I've been through many cycles since 99, and I, I always feel like you work harder and sometimes you're making a little less, but the fundamentals of what you double down on, your ability to serve, your ability to really not let your day get hijacked, the ability to own your day, to have your day before anybody gets you, you get you. And to have that as part of your thing, and really focus on the things that make you happy your family, your friends, your organizations. I'm a big lean, I lean into institutions, right? Like um, I like that my college is an old school that's been here since 1693. I love it. <laughs> I like institutions and I like leaning into that alumni group. I like leaning into my very progressive Methodist church charity that I'm very proud of. So I try to get into more of my service for that. Maybe give a little more time to that soup kitchen where the line's getting a little bit longer. Um, I really get in more deeply into my relationships and deeper into my sellers and my buyers, just because they're a little more precious. And frankly, once that becomes part of your mantra, when that market comes back roaring, you will automatically be on a wave. It's like just focusing on the skills that you have, right? That, that's, I could go into many analogies, but I just feel like these are opportunities the way Warren Buffett says, you know, when people are buying, you sell, when people are selling, you buy. Maybe he doesn't say it like that, <laughs> compounding. I'd be a lot richer if I followed his things, but, but literally just going to your fundamental skills and, and just sort of getting better at them, focusing on them every day, and trying to be the best person you can be and really getting to know your fellow agents in my industry is so important because deals come and go brokers kind of stay forever reputations can be made in one bad deal absolutely and that's that's not as hard as hard to recover right mm -hmm. so you can become your own best pr by just giving like any any agents newer agents that ask, how do you do this and that? I'm glad to tell them, happy to sit with them, happy to talk with them, 
And when I'm telling the stories, it just helps me. Like literally talking to you about these stories is making me go, I'm just sharpening my skill set. And I love it. Yeah, trying to be the best that you can be. I need this in my life. (laughs) So you, you know what I love about you is, you know, you've been told that people are, like we really, we have energy, right? So we either give energy or we take it. And you can absolutely, if you're listening to this, you have to be able to hear in Brian's voice. He's an energy thrower offer. I mean, he gives an awesome energy and people can feel that. And so just when I got him on the, on the call, I was like, oh, I'm excited about this because I can tell he's an energy giver, right? And, and that's also why he sells a lot because he's a, he cares about people, he serves people, and he gives off an awesome positive energy and he's very, very confident. And so that if you can just learn one thing from him, and I will tell you that his positive approach to life absolutely serves him well. And it would serve you well as too. So if you're listening to this, I'm kind of a negative Nelly, like seize your day, right? Don't let your feelings, as Brian says, take, take over you. And, and I will say this, we're not superhumans. We're not. Even if you're like the best marathoner in the world, uh, full disclosure, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> um, no desire to be. But you, you've got to know there, there has to be those days where you're like, you have your down moments. We all do because we are human. We are living flesh. We're these amazing energies here on this human plane that's hard, very mortal. So find your person. Like, find your person that will let you bitch, moan, be politically incorrect. Just get it off your chest. Find that. Is it a therapist? Is it a minister? Is it your spouse? Is it just a best friend who will sit there and listen? Because you got to get that out. But you know what you said, though, Brian? You said moments. And that's what I want. Do you hear what he said? He said, we all have moments. And we all do. We're human. We, we, We can't expect to be perfect all the time. And, and we have these great mindsets, but at times stuff just gets you down, but moment, right? So we have to be careful not to let that moment turn into a, d- a day, turn into five, turn into a week, turn into months, turn into years. And a lot of people do. And, and they do. And that becomes their mantra. Yes. And, and my, my friend who, who is my person, um, she says, you're allowed to, can I say bitch? I said that you're yeah, allowed yeah. to bitch about, you're, I mean that as a person, you're allowed to bitch about something once to me, maybe twice by the third time if you haven't figured out a way to deal with it then you kind of like it i like that that's awesome but it's hard to hear because there are some people that are struggling with addiction and that's very real and that's like a monkey on somebody's back so you that's a whole different set of things but get get help for it get help with things that hijack you emotionally people that bring you down man i gotta tell you you gotta question just know that they do and put up your kryptonite and like just smile and move on. Yeah. You can look at things two ways in life. And I don't mean to sound Pollyanna, but literally you can look at the rainbow or you can look at the storm. And I just heard the story that was brought back to me just, just uh, the other day, this whole, um, the Mr. Rogers thing that's happening with like everyone revisiting how amazing Fred Rogers was. And, he used to tell children, which is what we all are, really, um, you know, when you see danger and you see trouble and you see the news and it's bad, focus on the, the people that are helping, the ambulance workers, the, the, the paramedics, the, the doctors, the nurses, the firefighters. Think of those people. So when my daughters hear sirens and we hear a lot of them, oh, they yeah. don't deny that something's going on. We just say, 
hey, isn't it amazing that those people are going to help people? Like they're going out there to, to help. They see tough stuff and they're going out there to make the world better. That's amazing. So I just yeah. try to throw the light on the good stuff. When you say don't be all Pollyanna, I'm super Pollyanna too, I have to say. Like for me, I mean, before I got on our, our call, I was listening to Tony Robbins. I, I, um, Tony, right? I carried his bags. Good I know. Time. I'm so Tony, jealous. Tony, I remember when you first started out and I, I was in awe of you and you were the giant that walked and I watched you. You were such a big dude and I'm sure you still are, but I listened to him too. When I'm at the gym or something, I enjoy that. I love a little Mel Robbins, Tony, uh, Tony Robbins, no relation. I love all that. I love the five like second rule. Yeah, it's just like I like hearing people's stories. Like, I love biographies of people who didn't have crap and they made something of it. I love like Brian Grazer, the film producer. He talks to people he 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 doesn't know and he tries to get better. I just love that. You're here to learn. You're here to get better. We're students forever. It doesn't matter if you went to college. I don't care about any of that. Um, I, it cares about how I care about how you how you program your brain and your soul. Right. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm talking to my twin right now because at the gym, I listen to <laughs> all my books and podcasts. And, and you know that when you do that, it actually, when you listen to motivational stuff while you're actually exercising, it sinks in. It's something with your neurons or something. Something happens with exercise and positivity, but it makes it like, it expands it even more. So I'm always listening to something when I'm working out. <clears throat> or, or seeing something that inspires you art or, um, I love theater because, yeah, that was my world for so long. One day I will retrain and get back into it because I want to show my daughters that passion and time can make it richer for you. And I don't know what will come of it, but I I love theater. So uh, Friday night I went to see um, a concert by a really great artist named Kristen Chenoweth, who is a New York City and, and world performer who is – she is so positive. She gives off such a good energy. She just makes you feel good. And you know what? Her parents were sitting behind me. And I didn't know they were her parents until I kind of heard them talk. Yeah. She's from Oklahoma. She's a liberal Christian. She, I just, I just felt like I was in church without being in church. You know what I'm saying? And, and I turned to her mom and dad at intermission. I said, you raised a great soul. Uh, like, and that, that woman could sell me anything. She is such a zenith. And what did I take away from that? Like, she's not afraid or ashamed of the light that's in her. She's one of those people that looks like she ate a thousand light bulbs. It's just like beaming. And it's just so refreshing to see that. She's not focused on the negative. She's just like honest, upfront, who she is. And I, I just, it, just hearing her sing was like listening to a, a great podcast or having a great workout because that's food for your soul right? And the gym is the food for your body. And then you have your work, which is sort of puts it all together. I don't know. It's, it's kind of great, kind of sacred in a way. I can see why you're so successful. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's because of who you are. I mean, who you are is why you're successful. And it starts from within. I, I believe success starts from the inside out. And you absolutely sh show that. Um, I mean, listen to him. He's, he's number nine for the Wall Street Journal, selling you know, millions and millions of dollars worth of, of units in New York City. And he's talking about doing things like, you know, having a positive mindset, working on who he is, listening to books, listening to 
podcasts. I mean, really, truly always trying to be the very best person that he can be. Resetting his day. He, these are the strategies that work. You know, we can have a blueprint on how to sell real estate or how to do X, Y, Z, right? We all know you can find it on the, on the internet, but what you can't, it's not as easy to teach your mind, right? And I always say it all starts here. Like what's between your ears has everything to do with everything and looking at Brian and seeing his success and giving the positive energy that he actually puts out, you can see. So I just hope if you're watching this or listening to this, that you get that because it's so important to just be a good person. Do your best where, where you know, and I'll, I'll tell, I'll share with you what my third rails are. There's a thing in the subway called the third rail. It feeds the electricity to the subway. If you touch it, you die. Like yes. it's the third don't touch rail. It. Like it's, don't touch it. Don't go near it. You don't need to be near there. But it's we call I call it the third rail, and that's literally what it's called. So my third rail thing. So early on in my business, I, I did a lot of on-camera stuff, a lot of like you know CNBC and MSNBC, and I still do some of that. I'm going on a on a financial show bright and early in the morning, and I like doing it. I really just enjoy it. I've shared that with you already. Yes. But I was also getting into like the HGTV thing. They had a thing called My Home Is Worth What, and I would do the New York City stuff. And it was fun. And then I did, I did all these little shows and it just really sort of married that acting thing with the camera thing, with the real estate thing. And it sort of helped determine who I am. But I noticed something happening. The shows were getting a little bit snarkier and a little bit edgier. And I, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but in my former life, I was um, a, a TV actor. Like I did a lot of commercials. So in the 90s, I was the head and shoulders guy, and I was the McDonald's guy. And I, I think I remember you as the head and shoulders guy, Brian. I think I remember you as the head and shoulders guy, you know, I swear. I had, I had a lot more hair. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but, uh, but you know what it is? I, there were a few head and shoulders guys, but my stuff was, I, I watched my old reel, and you can see it on Facebook. You can go to my social and dig down in my thing and see it. But I watched, and the, the things where I got the most response was like right to camera, talking as sort of me not as like salesy but just talking about the hamburger or the stylist that was combing my hair and i was like oh and then when i'm on the financial shows i'm just talking on this podcast i'm just talking to you so that's that was me i was kind of playing me i don't know if i was like a zenith actor right i, I if i was i'd probably still be doing that right but i was good but it was me and so i enjoy playing me and i think a lot of actors don't like playing themselves they, they hide from that. So I've sort of doubled down on that. Um, and I would go, oh, third rail. I'm sorry, we'll get there. I'm sorry, a little circuitous talking. But the third rail for me is when, you know, all of the reality shows hit and every, and look, theater and, and TV are about conflict, right? Because it keeps people watching. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So they have to do this sort of snarky, uh, no offense to anybody who enjoys any of this or in the participants, the housewives-y kind of thing. And that just felt inorganic to me. So when I read for the folks at Bravo for a million dollar, like I would kill to be on that show. Are you kidding me? Like those guys are doing great. But my third rail is that I became very jealous of that. And I got very tired of people going, you'd be so good on that show. And then I felt small, like I wasn't enough. Like my thing wasn't enough because that's what the world wants because that's what is getting a lot of money and attention and those boys are having so much fun and being who they are. I love it. I want it, but it took me a while to get there. It took me a little bit of talking through it with my friend Sue 
and, and being jealous. And that was my third rail. So it derailed me because I, I couldn't be me because I was trying to become more like them, which became an authentic kind of thing. You hear about this with actors a lot. Like if the trend is for a young actress to be a certain type and then she can't be authentically who she is, sometimes the world catches up to your type. And I've always been a late bloomer. And P.S. If Bravo's out there, Andy Cohen's watching. Maybe there's room for like a nice guy. Not that those boys. Hey, are what like, about me too? I mean, I think we'd be a great team. I'm in. Yeah. Or let's do our let's do our own thing. Yeah. Seriously. Positively. So you know what I thought about doing? What I thought would be so cool. I don't know. I think there's room for that. So what I thought would be so cool would be like to go to all of the, like to somehow figure out, okay, cause I live in San Francisco area, right? I'm, I'm an hour from San Fran. Yeah. How do I get into all of these super, you know, expensive houses? Kind of like, remember, remember the old show back in the day, it was like uh, Lifestyles of Rich and Famous, you know? Yes. And then do that here. You could do that there and we could oh, fly back and forth. Oh, I would, I've been my cousin, my dearest cousin, Tim is in Mountain View. I just Yeah. He's great. He's one of those internet dudes um, and great. He just ran the marathon. He's such an inspiration. We're both 50 this year. Okay. So uh, Tim, I just outed you. You're 50, bud. Um, and that's why if you look back here, I've got Neil Armstrong. I think it's, it, I was in, I was doing a, a seminar for um, Zillow. Like I, I, I did a talk this summer in Santa Monica. And then I went to our Malibu office at Compass. We have two and, and this art was in the store next door. And I was like, I love it. It's an LA street artist, but it's, it's the astronaut breaking through the clouds, and it's 1969, which is the year of my birth. And I'm what year? What month are you? I have to. Are you a Leo? No, I'm a full Virgo. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm September you're a 17th, so I'm like, I want things to be neat and orderly and in order. But I feel like I have maybe some Leo in me. I don't know. Are you a Leo? I'm a Leo. You seem like a Leo, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, in a good way. <laughs> that's why that's there. And if you look below here. I've got clouds like yes i love it and i i chose not to put in like blue clouds because sometimes your days are a little gray but you got to find the sunshine and sometimes you got to be the astronaut you know who is coming through the clouds because there's no reason there's nothing in life that says we would ever do something like that ever like it doesn't make sense we, we're governed by gravity so we defy gravity we try to do things try to walk taller we kind of be the best person we got to be and that just reminds me of that and then my my angelou quote about um you know it's it's the way you make people feel absolutely really is what, what's remembered and my only other thing that i'm going to put in my office and maybe you'll, you'll call back the day i install it it's going to be i haven't told my assistant about this but it's going to say you are enough you belong and you matter to the world because I tell my little girls that. He's like, that is so important. And when people come into my office, I want them to know they matter, they're enough, and they belong here. Because I think so much of our life, these little inner monologues, it's, you feel like you're not enough. Absolutely. You feel like you don't belong. And that you're, you don't matter. I bet you are and a good dad, people, Brian. Well, I try to be. I, I, I try to be. I mean, those, yeah. We do our best. So I have my moments. <laughs> you know, I let, you know, we all have our moments and that's the thing. And it's just like recognizing when you're not and then just going, wow, that wasn't, I don't like that person. Let me just change that. And it's changing it, not beating yourself up for, you know, a couple of days because you made a mistake because we're all human. 
that's a it's like you don't get mad if you if you drive an automatic car if the gear grinds a little bit you might go oh ooh, i won't do that again if anybody doesn't drive an, a, 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 a manual car you won't know what i'm talking about but you just got to find that sweet spot to put the gear in place and keep and on shifting and they keep on shifting yeah keep on shifting keep, keep on driving shifting. get better and better well this has been great and i just want to let you know um we don't usually go this long but it was so uh, uplifting and inspiring and i hope that everyone that's listening feels the same way that i do i feel like i've met my my uh guy brother here because he's I'm your seen, brother yeah you, you're west coast I'm yeah the way that you this. talk and think is so similar to 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 me and i just uh I had such a great time. So I'm sure you were super inspiring. Listen, he gave you all of the skills and strategies. And it's not tactile. It's it's inside your head, right? Which is more important than anything else. So listen to this. Go back and re-listen. Go back and, uh, you know, memorize what he said and start applying it to your life. Brian, I always ask everybody, what's the one thing that if you could, your one tip that you would give, what would it be? Just be authentic. You are enough. You are enough. It's all there. And a lot of the stuff that we teach people or try to bring out, it's the stuff that's in you. Your program, man, you, you've got this. It's in you. It's, it's the hiding it that will become the problem. Oh, thank you so much. And I just want to let you know, I appreciate you. I know you're just so busy and you had the time and you came here with, you were just so present and just went, played all out. So, Brian, I want to appreciate, let you know, which I appreciate that. If people want to look you up, where do they go? Go to uh, brianklewis.nyc, Brian with an I, K, Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, dot N-Y-C. And they can see your videos and all that? They can see all of that. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, Insta. It's all that. You can find me. Everybody's going to go stalk you now. I just know it. I can just, they're going to all stalk you in a good way. Well, I, 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 listen, bring it. We are all here to help each other. So if I can help any of you and, uh, and, uh, just, um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. What you do is important and good. And it's nice to be part of something that makes the world better. Ah, oh, thank you, Brian. I really yeah. don't hang up when I hit stop. Cause I want to still talk to you, but everyone, okay. Brian is amazing. Remember it's learning is, is great, but if you don't implement, it means nothing. We have to take action. So go back, listen to what Brian said. He's a he crushes it in real estate. And as you can see, he crushes it in life. And when you do what you love, people love what you do. Thanks for watching. And I really appreciate everyone. Make it a great day. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being here. Brian, you're a rock star. Oh, you're very kind. I appreciate all of it. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, everybody.